Good morning, everybody. Hope your Sunday's off to a good start here on March 22nd. And uh, we're not in our usual uh, sanctuary full of people and the laughing and the talking that I usually come into when I come into the pulpit area with the choir. But uh, I trust that you're at home, you're doing well. I hope you've been resting, um, you know, observing the social distancing thing. And and I uh, hope you're, you're stocked up with groceries and this type of thing and wash your hands and all those things. But, you know, we're living in very challenging times, and um, today I really want to share a message here. We'll get to it shortly about not fearing, and but it's not just not fearing. It's more than that. It's it's what we should be doing proactively as uh, the body of Christ during this time. We're not to just sit idly by. We're to keep watch, and that means that we have stuff to do. So I'm glad you're here. I uh, hope you got your coffee and your bagel ready and uh, your toasty warm in your pajamas. Um, we're ready to rock here, so let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we thank you during these challenging times that we have the blessing of the internet and that we're able to meet together, even if we're in different homes, as the body of Christ, as a church community. Father, we want to give heed to your word today. We want to hear what you have to say to us, Holy Spirit, by the scriptures. We want to be made bold in our faith and not walk in fear. So pray for your blessing on each person out there in internet land and who is uh, streaming with us today. Father, I just call them blessed. Uh, we commit this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few announcements, and most of these announcements pertain to our church family. You may be streaming with us today, and you're not part of the First Baptist Church family. We're certainly glad you're with us, and I welcome you. If you were in our sanctuary today, I would be, uh, I'd be welcome you as uh, one of our guests. But a uh, few announcements to bring your way. First of all, there's no services no groups meeting during the week except our prayer encounter group so we will be meeting in the church we'll be observing social distancing but we all are meeting for prayer at seven o'clock on wednesday night as we normally do so we did that last week as well also a number of you have been asking about your offerings i'm glad you asked you know we want to be generous with our offerings so um it you don't need to bring this actually we don't need this what we really need is is finances so uh it's important that uh you continue your giving during this time and so it's a little bit challenging what we do what we're doing is we've set up tuesday morning from 10 a.m till 2 p.m you can come by the church and bring your offering uh it's it could be a cash thing just put an envelope your your giving envelope if you have that or another envelope with your name on it and uh, put your cash in there or your check you can bring it tuesday morning 10 a.m anywhere from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Surely, Kendra Diner or myself will be here to receive that from you. You can also mail a check to the church uh, if you don't wish to drop it off. Um, there's also on our website, you can see that there's uh, um, a spot there where uh, you can do online giving. So it's up on the, the, the menu bar on the, on the top. Click on uh, there and you'll see a thing that says, there's a drop-down menu saying online giving. You can click on that. And then you'll see a, uh, another page come up and there's a button there. Press on that and it just follow the instructions there for our online giving through PayPal. Also, um, uh, we also have pre-authorized giving. So that is something that you would need to call the church and get some more information about. Some of you are already on, on that, so we're grateful for that. If you need anything at any time during the week, you can always call me here at the office. I'm generally in Tuesdays to Fridays. Um, I'm working other hours too, so uh, just call here at the office, 627-6414. You can reach me on my cell by text or call as well, 401-6414. Um, once you have your Bible ready and a notepad and pen uh, to make a few notes, unless you're using a tablet, you can do it that way, whatever. So 
we're going to get into some, I want just to show some verse or share some verses with you right now um, that God's put on my heart. Uh, we are going to talk today about fear and how we're going to deal with that. But as a prelude to that, I want us to look at a few verses that I've been praying over this week and God's put on my heart. First one is Micah, Micah 7, verse 7 and 8, the book of Micah, one of the minor prophets. I always like to say he's a minor prophet with a major message. And um, it's got a really good thing to say here in Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. It says this, are you there yet? I still hear pages turning, so I'll just wait a second here till you get to it. Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. If we were in the sanctuary, I would, I would tell you what the page number was, but uh, that's not the case. Here it is. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Our enemy right now, there's many of them, but the main enemy we seem to be focused on is COVID-19. And um, Micah says here, I'm going to wait. I'm going to look to the Lord and wait for him. And my God will hear me. Our God hears us when we cry out to him in prayer. We need to be crying out to him in prayer for ourselves and for our and for others in our church family, our families, our community, our, our country. He says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Copy that reference down. Micah 7, verse 7, 8. You may want to just copy these verses down and then look them up later, uh, perhaps later this afternoon. Do a little study on your own. Let's take a look at another one. Isaiah 26, verse uh, 3 and 4. These are really good verses here. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, Isaiah said this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Yah, the personal name of God. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We need to have our mind stayed on God, focusing on him. Don't spend too much time reading all the news reports. We're going to get news reports that's changing all the time. Some of that's going to grip you in fear. It would be better for you to just quickly get some facts, but really go to God's word. Keep your mind stayed on him. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. I said earlier uh, when we started the service that it's very important that we realize it's not, there's some stuff that we need to do. You know, as, as Christians in this time, we shouldn't have a wait and see attitude. I think our world is, is looking at that in some ways, like what's our government doing? Uh, what are other people doing? I'm just going to wait and see. As Christians, we need to go on the offensive. You know, in sports, they often say the best defense is a good offense. As Christians during this time, it's critical that we go on the offensive and that we um, petition the throne of God. And, and listen to what the Word of God says here in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. You know, God's people were likened to watchmen on the wall, watching for the enemy army that was trying to advance and break through, uh, you know, and and break into their city and take captives and loot and this type of thing. And so they always had watchmen on the wall to to alert the the king, and so the army can be deployed and prevent their city from being invaded. You know, we need to be on watch. Um, one prophet earlier this week, Ruth and I were listening to and he said not on our watch that that's important we, we don't want these things happening on our watch we're on guard we're serving god we're not supposed to just lay there and say oh whatever happens case or no 
Listen to what it says here in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You will make mention of the Lord. Sorry, you who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Did you catch that? Don't hold your peace. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise. We need to pray and keep praying until there's breakthrough. This is not a time to get faint in the battle. And so uh, it's important that we stay on guard, stay on watch, and be proactive and push back at the enemy. One other verse, Ezekiel 30, verse 22. And it's interesting, Ezekiel was an exilic prophet, meaning he, he prophesied during the exile while the children of Israel, because of their own sin, were... Uh, were captive in Babylon, and uh, he prophesied to the people there. Listen to what he said here in Ezekiel 30, verse uh, 22. Actually, it's 22, verse 30. Sorry about that. Let me go back a few pages in my Bible. Maybe you already caught that if you were there ahead of me. 22, verse 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. See, God is looking for his people to stand in the gap, to be the watchman on the wall, to take arms, to get into the battle. You know, Jesus is the commander of his army. We're the, the, we're the army of God, and the church is, and we need, we're being summoned to battle here. This is a, this is a worldwide uh, battle that's going on right now, but it's certainly happening right here in our own country and in, even in our own community. So, uh, body of Christ, we need to be, Getting our weapon, the word of God, the sword of the spirit, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in worship. We need to go ahead and stand in the gap. God is looking to see if we're doing that. In Ezekiel's days, said that God looked and see that there was no one who was standing in the gap. We need to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen on our watch. We need to be uh, occupying until he comes, and we need to be ready and called into action. I want to pray for you right now, and then I'm going to get into our message today, which is from the book of Joshua. And we're going to talk about this whole idea of fear, how to fight fear, uh, how to battle it, and how to have breakthrough. It's very clear there in the book of Joshua. But first, I want to pray for you and your families and pray for our community, our leaders. You know, so many people that are uh, on the front lines, people in the medical community, of course, and they're bracing themselves. Even I read a report here. Uh, earlier this week about uh, things that are going on at the Chatham Health Alliance, the, the plans they're making to to be ready for those that, that would come to the hospital. So uh, there's people, you know, in the grocery stores and retail, there's a lot of people walking in fear. We just need to be praying. I hope you're not walking in fear, but if you're battling fear, hey, let's, let's bring that to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come upon uh, or call upon you at any time. We don't need to be somewhere or wait for a certain time. Lord, we can call upon you at any time. So Lord, we come before you right now on this Sunday morning and uh, we say that you are Lord and King of all and you are King of the universe. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lord, uh, you're Lord over this whole earth and we petition you uh, to take charge for your people and for the peoples of these, of these lands, particularly here in our own community of Chatham-Kent. Father, I pray that you will minister to those who are on the front lines of this battle, in the medical areas, in other parts of the world, right here in our own country, Lord. People who are doctors, nurses, there's some risk involved with that because of infection. Would you just protect them by the blood of Jesus? 
Father, we also pray for people who are in retail and businesses are closing. There's a lot of fear about that and the market's been very volatile. Father, again, we just pray that you'll undertake for those who are struggling, who've lost their job or have a layoff due to this uh, COVID-19 virus. Lord, you would provide for them and bring them through this time. We pray, Father, for those who are just paralyzed in the grip of fear, including any in the sound of my voice right now. Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, as it says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. So, Father, we appeal to you that you will help us, you'll help our community, you'll give wisdom to our government leaders who are making decisions uh, on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, having to change footing uh, to adapt to what, what the changing situation is. Oh God, we need revelation and wisdom given to our people who are in positions of civil and governmental leadership. Father, we pray for um, uh, our spiritual leaders, Lord, that uh, will not drop the ball here. Encourage your pastors, for preaching the word to be ready in season and out of season to encourage your people. And Father, we pray that for all in the body of Christ to pray for one another, pray for their spiritual leaders, pray for one another. And as you bring this to our attention, not just right now, not just this day, but throughout the week, Father, we'd be praying at all times. Even as we see things in the news, it would prompt us to launch into prayer. Father, we join with the global body of Christ across this earth that are petitioning the heavens and calling forth the God of mercy to act and intervene. Lord, we are helpless without you. This virus cannot be defeated by any man-made notion. There's no cleverness. There's no ingenuity in the heart and mind of man that's going to stop this thing. It is entirely a work of God that is necessary. And so we call upon you, O oh Lord, King of the universe, that you would intervene and stop this plague. So many, Lord, have died already and are dying and are heading to a priceless eternity. So many, O oh God, show mercy and rescue these ones from perishing. And, um, uh, cause this plague to be stopped. Father, now we give our attention to the Word of God, what you would have for us to learn from the Word of God today, from the book of Joshua. Teach us great and mighty things which we know not. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So get that Bible of yours and turn to the first chapter, book of Joshua. You know, the book of Joshua, while you're turning there, is an interesting book because it's a book of conquests. It's a book of uh, you know, of, you know, they, they were called to take the land. You know, Moses had led the people for 40 years in the wilderness after they escaped from Egypt. It was a great deliverance. But they wandered around for 40 years. There was a lot of grumbling. There was a lot of uh, uh, dissension in the camp. And uh, even Moses himself at one point gave in to that, and which cost him his own trip to the promised land. But Moses did give great leadership to the children of Israel. And, um, but his time was done. And the, the, baton was passed to his great military leader, who was a, a deacon of his, actually, um, Joshua. Uh, Joshua was one of 12 spies that was that were commissioned to spy out this land, which we call Israel today. Um, he and Caleb and 10 others, and he and Caleb were the only two that gave a good report. The other 10 gave it a, a bad report, which is why they had to wander for 40 years. Um, God is commissioning Joshua in chapter one, and uh, he's commissioning us to, we got a battle as well. We've got land to take, we've got ground to cover. And just like Joshua did, there's lots we can learn here. We're gonna learn in three areas in this chapter. We're gonna learn about a couple threats to fear. Uh, two key things that are threatening fear for us, I feel right now in this COVID-19 crisis. And then what God has promised us while we're going through this testing, and then what's required of us. So those three areas, what the threat is of fear, a couple things there, 
what God has promised us, though, through this, and then what our requirement is to uh, follow the Lord's way. Let's pick it up there in Joshua chapter 1. We'll start at verse 1 and read from chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a good word. You know, like I said, there's a challenge ahead here for Joshua. A young man, military, well, young and relative terms, I guess, young compared to what Moses was. Moses was 120 when he died. But Joshua has this new task ahead of him as the military commander to lead God's people across the Jordan River and into this land that he had promised. God said, it's yours, I'm giving it to you. It's a done deal. But, you know, just because, just because God has given us something doesn't mean there isn't a battle that needs to be waged to get it, to receive it. I think that's the kind of the time we're living in right now. I believe we can count on God's protection. I believe we can um, say, Lord, protect me, care for me, bring me through this, bring my family through this. Um, but then we don't just sort of sit and pull the covers over our head until, until it's done. We need to go into the battle knowing that God has gone ahead of us. Let's look at one, two different fear threats. One is fear threat number one, verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Okay. So there's the first fear threat, the great leader. This man had led these people for 40 years. He was the one they looked to. He was the one that met with God on the mountain. You know, and then when he came down, he shared with them the oracles of God. If they need a word from God, Moses got it for them. I mean, this man was, he's incredible. You know, God really used him. But Moses has died. He's not there anymore. He was a great leader all those 40 years. But now how is Joshua going to manage without him? Maybe, you know, you're in a situation where you're at home, um, you're not used to having your kids home all day and there's more responsibilities. Maybe you, you know, you had to go to work at home and uh, you have extra responsibilities that you weren't used to doing that. Maybe there's other things that you're being counted upon, uh, called upon by, by extended family. Maybe you've got some increased responsibility and that's caused you to have fear. The unknown, the volatility of the, the, the uh, stock market and, you know, banks are, are, are Canadian dollar not doing well in the stock market, this type of thing. And so, you know, your job, maybe you, you were uh, um, 
subject to a layoff or something like this. And, and now what's going to happen? So there's these fears and what you had relied on before is currently not available to you. Israel had relied on Moses before. He's not available. They're going to have to go with this new guy, Joshua. Where is Joshua going to get the wherewithal to lead these people? I got good news. He had a secret weapon. If you have your Bible, you can turn to uh, Exodus 33, 11, or you can just jot it down and look it up later. Exodus 33, 11. See, Joshua was not new at this game. As much as we think that he was thrust on the scene and all of a sudden Moses died, now he's got to lead the people and, oh my goodness, he's got to just sort of do thinking on his feet. Not quite. He had some preparation. He had actually some very good preparation because Moses used to meet in this special tent on the mountain called the Tent of Meeting. And when God wanted to talk to him to give a message to the people, Moses went into this tent and the people waited till he came out of the tent, however long that was. And when he came out of the tent, the Bible says his face shone because of the glory of God on it. He actually had to veil, wear a veil because he, he was uh, frightening the people with his looks. But anyway, he would then share with the people what God had said. Look, at, there's a little tidbit in Exodus 33:11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. See, after, so Moses, when he went to the tent of meeting, he took, Mo, he took sorry, Joshua in with him, his, his aide. Remember, I used the word deacon. That's actually the word that's used there, the assistant, a ministering servant. So Joshua was kind of like a right-hand man, a, a, um, you know, a helper to Moses. But he would go into the tent with Moses. And then when Moses got the word from God, Moses went out to deliver the word to the people, but Joshua stayed in the tent. He got the extra one-on-one -on -one time with God. God knew this. God was preparing Joshua back then for what he'd be doing now. So Joshua is battle-tested in the sense that he has spent time in the secret place with God. You will need to spend more time in the secret place. You need to be in your Bible more than ever. Not this little dabble do you stuff. That's not going to work. We need to be in our Bibles, reading the, the, the oracles of God and speaking them out. More about that later in this message. But we need to be serious about studying our Bibles, praying, talking to God, spending time with God, spending some time in worship. You can use, uh, you know, listen to some YouTube videos with some of our worship songs that are available out there. Some of the ones we sing in church, just just type it on, on your search bar and, and you can you can have some worship time. Um, these are all things to help us in the presence of God. You know, last Sunday in our church service, we read from Psalm 91, which is a great psalm. I told you that the, the promises of Psalm 91, we're not going to read the whole thing here. But they rely on the, what it says in verse 1. So if you don't do verse 1 of Psalm 91, then you, the promises are not going to happen for you in Psalm 91. Think of it like this. Psalm 91 verse 1 is the 911 of your Bible. It's your emergency number. Look what it says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's the one who dwells in the secret place. That's the person that's going to be under the shadow of the Almighty. That's, that's where Joshua was when he was in the tent of meeting. He was in the secret place of the Most High. And so he was getting fortified. He was getting built up in his most holy faith as the uh, Lord met with him there. And that all came to a head for him when he was faced with this daunting task all of a sudden and this great responsibility of having to bring these people across uh, the Jordan River. He can do it. Um, he's been with God. 
God has equipped him, he can do it. You know, we have the example of our Savior in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Jesus was busy every day ministering to people, sun up to sun down. Sometimes didn't have a chance to eat, tired, weary. His followers are weary too. And what does it tell us in Mark 1, verse 35? It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus needed to spend solitary time with the Father. His days were long, they were busy, he's ministering to people, healing people, feeding the, the multitudes, teaching in the temple courts, you know, spending time with the apostles. His days were long, early, up, late to bed, that kind of thing. He knew he needed to have alone time with God. If Jesus needed to do this, how much more do we need to do it? There's, an, there's a pattern here, there's an example. Joshua spent time in the in the secret place. The psalmist said we need to spend time in the secret place. Jesus modeled it for us. We need to be in our Bibles. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in worship. We need to be pressing into the things of God more regularly, particularly during this, this COVID-19 virus situation. We need to be spending more time. Okay, let's go back to that passage in, in Joshua now and look at another fear threat, which was the fact that there's still a battle to be waged. You know, God had given his people the land. That was a foregone conclusion. He said, the land's yours, but they still have to go in and take it. It's not handed to them on a silver platter. Verse 4 says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. That's a lot of real estate. There's, this is not going to be done in a day. There's a lot of battles to be waged here. There's people living in all these places. Um, it's been their land up to this point. God's now giving it to the children of Israel, but they have to take it. They have to go in and acquire what God has given them. There's a battle to be waged. This is why it's so important for us to be on watch and pushing through in prayer about this, this COVID-19 virus. We can't just say, well, God will take care of it and I'll just go into bed and pull the covers up until he's done. No, as believers, we need to be pressing in. We need to be praying, calling on God, calling on his mercy for those who are on the front lines, those who are being affected by this, petitioning God, asking him to intervene, you know, calling forth the promises of God to come into the earth and to stop this virus. We need to be aggressive in taking this land. And so the children of Israel had to do the same thing. Joshua was a military commander. There were going to be battles. Their armies were going to have to go out and actually go into battle and fight battles to take this land. People had it and they weren't going to give it up easily. So it needed to be taken uh, from them. You know, uh, the victory from the Lord is sure, but we have to go and take possession of it. So we can't rely on what worked before. Moses is dead, you know, we need to, we need to go with what we got now and adapt. And we need to realize there's a battle in front of us, but that's okay. God goes with us into the battle. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. As a matter of fact, let's move into those promises God gave us here. Look at verse 5. So although there was these, these two fears threatening Joshua and the children of Israel, that, you know, that, that they couldn't go by what they'd always gone by, and that there was a battle to be faced, both of those things could bring fear. Nevertheless, God gave some promises, and there's three things he promised in verse 5. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So promise number one, I will be with you. He says, I was with Moses. 
All those years, Moses led the children of Israel for 40 years, and God was with him every step of the way. He says, as I was with Moses, you can count on me. I'll be with you too. He said he would be with us. You know, if you were to uh, look that up in a concordance in your Bible, do you know how many verses there are in the Bible that talks about God being with us? The Lord of hosts is with us, Psalm 46. You know, Jesus, his last words on earth in Matthew 28, verse 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. You know, he said in Hebrews 13, verse 5, uh, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You know, so it's so important that we understand that God is with us. This battle that we're waging against the Corona-19 virus uh, and all the fear that it's, it's, it's breeding in our, in our communities, hey, listen, we're not venturing out in this thing alone. We've got God with us. The king of the universe. We have the one who can, who's, has victory over this virus. And so let's take some great, you know, pleasure and some, and great confidence and, uh, in knowing that he is with us. That was promise number one. Promise number two, the same verse. After he said, as with, I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Then he says, I will not leave you. Have you ever been left before? We were on a vacation some time ago, and Michael was in the store. He went in some, to get something we didn't know, and I, I pulled away, and I was, I was down the road before I realized he wasn't even in our van. So we left him. Uh, if you think that I'm a terrible father, by the way, this happened to Jesus and his parents in Luke chapter 2, where they left him. It was a three-day journey before they realized Jesus wasn't with them. Had to go back. Look it up in your Bible. But anyway, the point is, God said he wouldn't leave us. I, by the way, I want to give you a definition of that Hebrew word, that word that says leave in our in our English Bibles, it means to be slack or remiss, to be idle, to be lazy, to be weak and feeble, and to quit. God said, I'm not going to be lazy about I know what you're going through with this thing. I know that fear is threatening you. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to be idle and do something while you're struggling there in your own power. I'm not going to be slack about this. I'm not going to quit. I'm on the job running the universe. The basic meaning of that word is it means to relax the hands, a letting down. And it can also connote a loss of courage. God isn't fearful. He hasn't lost courage. And he hasn't let his hands slip and his arms relax and let down. He's not. He's got a firm grip on his people. So even when you and I are fearful and we feel like we're losing our grip with God, God still got his grip on us. So important that he said he would not leave us. He's walking through this thing with us. We're not alone in this. What a great promise. The third promise, also in the same verse, after he said he wouldn't, that he'd be with us as he was with Moses, after he said, I will not leave you, then he also said at the tail end of verse 5, I will not forsake you. Okay? That's also a good word. It means to abandon or leave behind. God's not going to say, listen, I'm done with you people. Forget it. I'm out of here. Um, he's not a deadbeat dad, our father. He will not abandon us. He knows this is a struggle. He knows this has tested our faith. He knows that people are, uh, you know, caving into fear and we don't know what to do. He said, I will not forsake you. I won't leave you. I'm not going to let my hands slip and be idle and lazy about the thing. I'm not going to walk away from this. I'm with you. I'm going to be walking with you through this. I'll take hold of you with my righteous right hand. Look up Isaiah 41.10. Write that one down. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So it's so important that we know that God gave these promises to Moses and the children of Israel. It was a daunting thing that lay ahead of them. They had to cross this river into a land they'd never seen before. People more numerous than themselves 
with fortified cities. Jericho was a huge fortified city. I heard one uh, scholar say that it was the wall around Jericho was 20 chariot drivers wide. People lived on the wall. It was, it was an impregnable fortress. Uh, they're not going to get this done without God. And yet Jericho fell and they took it. It was the first city they took. God is with us in this crisis that our world is going in. We don't need to cave into fear. So God's given these great promises. Now let's transition to what our role, like I said earlier, we're the watchmen on the wall. We're to take this ground back. We're to be on the offensive. We're in battle. We got to get our fatigues on, our helmet, you know, fix bayonets and charge into this battle that God has given us to, to charge into. And he's given us victory in this battle. You know, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the things of the Lord, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He gives us the victory. Look at verses 6 to 9. He said, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Let's back up for a minute. Be strong, okay? You might say, I, I don't feel very strong. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So says Nehemiah 8 verse 10. It's not our own strength that's going to prevail in this battle. It's going to be the strength that God supplies. God will supply strength to us. He says the one who is weary, Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31 there. Even those who lack strength, he will strengthen. As we wait upon the Lord, we'll mount up with wings as eagles, we'll run, not grow weary, we'll walk and not faint. You know, he will provide that strength for us. Be courageous. You might be saying, courageous? I feel the opposite. I, I, I feel like I, I, every time I see the news, I'm, 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 it's coming for me. First of all, we shouldn't be focusing on what the news is saying. We should be focusing on what God's word says. I will be with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Remember, he says his hands aren't going to slack and, and slip down. He's not going to walk away from us. He's going to walk with us in the battle. David said in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, as I walk and get partway and then fall down and never get back up again. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is with us. So we need to be courageous, but in the courage that God supplies. Now, how do we build up our strength, as it were? How do we build up our courage in the things of God? By staying in his word. Look what, what God told Joshua, he said. He said there in verse 7, Do not turn from this law to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And he said in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you need to be talking about the word. Declare the promises of God. This is why so many of our worship songs and hymns are so good because they're, they're declaring in the words of Scripture. We should be singing and declaring and speaking the words of Scripture. You know, when you read in your Bible, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Speak that out. You know, say, God, I thank you that you're compassionate and gracious, that you're a mighty God, that no foe can, can uh, withstand you. We need to speak these things out. Don't be ashamed of that. Like, we need to speak it out. He said to, to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You're supposed to be talking about it. He was to meditate on it day and night. Read, the word meditate means to muse and to mutter. So the, you read it, the word of God, you read it, comes through your eyes. You speak it, comes out of your mouth. And then you hear it come out of your mouth and goes into your ears and into your spirit. It's mutually reinforcing. It's this, it's this metaphor of a, an animal that's che like a cow that's chewing its cud. And it chews the grass 
and then it swallows it in one of its stomachs and and then it regurgitates it up and chews it a bit more and it mines and it and it takes out like a like a miner all the minerals that are in that until uh you've got it all that's how it should be with the word of god it's not just a cursory glance it's we're spending some protracted time in our bibles in prayer this is why that whole being in the secret place is not like a Okay, God, you got five minutes. Get what you got done. You know, we we this is a, a microwave mentality. We can't have that. We not not we cannot be hurried in God's presence. He says here also, do not tremble or be afraid. Verse nine: Have I not commanded you be strong of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He had said this promise. Um, that he was going to give these people this possession. Um, in verse 6, he said, Be of strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. The word inheritance there, possession, has the idea of permanence. It's a special word in Hebrew. It doesn't just mean sort of a commodity that you can get off the shelf at Walmart and, oh gosh, I lost it. No, this, this land that God was giving his people was to be a permanent possession, a permanent inheritance. You know, the promises of God are our inheritance. Our relationship with him, our communion with him is, is our inheritance. The covenant that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary to take our sins away and bring us into relationship with God, that's our inheritance. It's a permanent thing. It's established in heaven where it won't fade away, Peter said in, in one of his epistles. So it's important that um, we realize the enemy is going to try to keep us from getting this inheritance. You know, he, he doesn't want us. Once we got it, man, he's, he's, he's locked out. You know, he can't get in. So it's so important that we stop at nothing to get our inheritance. It's permanent, but we got to get it. So God's promised it to us, but we still have to make our way into the battle with God with us in that battle, not leaving us, not forsaking us. He's going to be with us in the battle and we need to acquire our possession. We're going to make it through this COVID-19 virus thing. We're going to do it, not because we're more clever than everybody else, not because we got some ace up our sleeve. We're going to do it because God is with us. You know, I want you to spend some time maybe later today and reread Joshua Knight. You may even want to replay this, the broadcast of this, of this service. Look up those verses that I gave you earlier. In case you missed it, I'm going to quickly spit them out again to you because um, they're so important. Uh, Micah 7, verse 7 and 8. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. And Ezekiel 30, verse 22. There were some other verses too in Psalm 91, verse 1. Exodus 33, 11. Mark 135. Those fit together as well. Spend some time in God's Word. You're housebound. You're sequestered. You know, you're kind of on house arrest here because of this thing with the social distancing. Make the most of this opportunity. You know, do what you got to do. If you're working from home, you got to look after your kids. If you have to get out and get groceries, this type of thing, make phone calls to people in your family, check on them. By all means, do all those things. As a matter of fact, check on some people and tell them, can I pray for you? Let's go on the offensive. But by all means, also schedule some time where you're going to be specifically in God's presence, in your Bible, 
in prayer, spend some time in worship, you know, get your get some YouTube videos going or whatever. Um, if you play have an instrument, you can play it at home, good for you. I'm I'm not gifted that way, but hey, listen, spend some time just worshiping God. Um, just spend some time in his presence. We're gonna keep doing this thing. Um, as long as we have to, we'll we're gonna provide a service every Sunday here at at 10:45. You're welcome to join us. But you got to do other stuff during the week too, you know. So avail yourself of, of those promises in Scripture and uh, pray and ask God to show you some promises and and then look at them and meditate on them and and call them out and speak them out. So I call you blessed this week. You have a great week. Um, spend more time in God's Word than than you are in the news. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, we thank you that your word is eternal, that your word does not go out and return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you please and purpose, and it will prosper in the thing for which you sent it. It says that in Isaiah 55. Lord, we believe that your word has gone forth here this morning from the book of Joshua. It's not going to return void. It's going to accomplish what you please and purpose, and it's going to prosper in the thing for which you sent it in our hearts and in our lives. Father, we're going into a new week here. There's uncertainty in our world. There is fear. There's all these things around us, but we are not slaves to that. We serve the living God who has promised to be with us. He's promised not to leave us, and he's promised not to forsake us. My goodness, with those kind of promises, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We go into this new week with fresh resolve, fresh determination, fresh courage to wage war in this battle and to win this battle in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Have a blessed week, everybody.